Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to season one, episode six of our brand new podcast, Learning from Our Legends. I'm Lena. And I'm Leila. And we are your hosts. This episode is a continuation of Fatima bint Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Last episode, we went into a bit of like her upbringing. Yeah, it was more of a recap, kind mm-hmm. of, not even a recap, it was kind of like setting the scene, if you will. Yeah. We even went into like the death of um, Khadija and how that affected Fatima as well as prophethood. Yeah. And the responsibilities she had to take on. Yeah, and then the fact that she was quite young when she had to do Hijra. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the marriage with mm-hmm. Ali. And then a bit about her children. We we did mention that she yeah. she lost one of her children, but we spoke a little bit about the fact that their lives were quite simple, um, despite them being the equivalent of like royalty in Medina, to be honest. Yeah, that was about it. We stopped it off. So today's episode, we can't... So when we were talking about it, we were like, we can't really do it justice without getting too much, like without getting into the death of the Prophet Sallallahu Like we can't just mention like, oh, it affected her. Yeah. Because the death of the Prophet Sallallahu is unique in the sense that it's not, it's not just a loss for her, but it's a loss for all of us. Yeah. Obviously the Prophet Sallallahu was her father and we already spoke about the nature of their relationship. Yep. And he loved her so much. Mm-hmm. It was like the worst calamity to hit this ummah. And the Prophet ﷺ even said, and so I want I want this to be like the preface of the episode, if okay. that makes sense. So he said, if one of you is afflicted with a calamity, then let him remember his calamity by me in terms of like, by my death, like the calamity of my death. Mm-hmm. For indeed, it is the greatest of calamities. And that's narrated by um, Ibn Majah. So basically, it's kind of one of your techniques of having sabr is to remember the death of the Prophet ﷺ because it doesn't yes. matter what you're going through, nothing was more hard-hitting for this entire ummah Yeah, nothing compared that. to that. Yeah. And even, I mean, the hit is the thing. I guess if you don't know enough about the Prophet ﷺ, that mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, all it should be telling you is if you don't relate, then you need, you need to, we need to learn more about our prophet because then we know how much he loved us and what he did for us yeah so the prophet sallam has obviously been in he's been in medina for about a decade mm-hmm. um give or take i need to double check i can't remember we'll put it down in the description okay and at, by this point islam has started to spread yeah. um the conquest of mecca has happened so all of mecca is muslim but he's stayed in medina because he said he's going to die in medina anyway so, the Prophet Sallam, he became sick. Mm-hmm. And the way the people knew he was sick was because he didn't come out to lead the Salah. And then they oh, realised, wow. and then it became known that he was sick. And he he developed a fever. And I'm not going to get into all of the technicalities, but he would generally rotate where he would stay between his wives. But yeah. he was in the house of Aisha, radiallahu anha, when this happened. Yeah, And... And you can imagine that the whole of Medina has come to a bit of a standstill. Mm. And everyone's just everyone's just waiting for the good news that he's recovered. Yeah. And he's feeling better. And That's kind of sad. Cause it's it like, is sad. And yeah, he was just the most like important person to their he society. He was like beloved by it. Like everyone just loved him. Yeah, I can't lie. We've just had the death of the queen. And... <laughs> <laughs> Go on. 
Okay. I was not expecting <laughs> that one. I was like, huh? <laughs> okay, I should not have done that dirty like that. But the point is, you can see the parity in society. Basically, it doesn't compare to the death of the Prophet. Yeah, I'm not trying to say that it's not sad that the Queen died and everything. I'm just talking about the very fact that the whole of society was waiting on it. As in, everybody's lives were at a standstill. It was like everyone's yeah. anxiety. Like, there was, there was a whole aura, the whole city had kind of like paused or slowed down you know what it also shows the fact that they realized something was up because he wasn't leading the salahs anymore so that means he was very very frequent with like going and leading the salahs yeah yeah. and when that didn't happen they knew something was yeah but i think they were also like after that then the news became apparent from like the family and they told them oh yeah yeah of course people will probably question like what where is muhammad and i'm like what's happened so they probably would have questioned and then it would have slowly come out yeah. Fatima went to Aisha radiallahu anha's house and when the Prophet saw her, he smiled at her cheerfully. So bear yeah. in mind, he, he's very ill, yeah. but he saw her and it's like he, he lit up in a strength. way. Yeah. Um, he then took her hand and drew her near and told her something in confidence that made her cry. So he, yeah, and this hadith is narrated from the perspective of Aisha radiallahu anha, yeah. so she just sees them whispering. Yeah, and she just saw him like drew, like basically bring her close to him. Yeah. And then he just sees her, she just sees her cry. And then, yeah. again, he told her another secret. So he, he drew her closer again or like, told her another secret. And then she began, she began to smile. And Aisha radiallahu anha said, I have never seen a day in which joy was as close to sorrow as I have seen today. Juxtaposition. I, yeah. I wanted to know the reason, so I asked Fatima. So she, she decided to ask, what was it that you, Muhammad said, I told you? Yeah. Um, I saw you cry and then you smiled. And she said, is. I'm not going to tell you, isn't it? Yeah. It is quite shocking, especially in that scenario. Like, you see somebody crying yeah. and straight after you smile. Um, and she did say, I cannot reveal the secret of the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So she kept it as that. And we didn't find out, actually, what um, what was said until later. Yeah. Um, but we'll come to that in a second. So, obviously... The Prophet Sallam, he's growing sicker and sicker, to be honest. And Aisha narrated um, that when he was healthy in his lifetime, he actually told the companions, like, you know how he would teach them about other prophets yeah, and, yeah. and things that prophets are exposed to and they see and stuff. So he actually told her that when he said that no prophet dies until he has shown his place in paradise. And then he's oh. given a choice. So is this what I questioned you about? Yeah, Okay. because she asked me about this earlier because um, I said I would cover this bit and I said, let me tell you in the episode. So, no prophet dies until he's shown his paradise, uh, his place in paradise, sorry, and then he's given the choice. So she said, when he was sick, he rested his head on my lap and he fell unconscious and then he became back to consciousness. And then he fixed his eyes on the ceiling and he started pointing up and he said, oh Allah, the highest companion. And then I said to myself, so he's not choosing us. And then he said, oh Allah, the highest companion. And that's when she realized that he'd, he'd chosen to go back to Allah. Yeah. And then his head fell heavy on her lap and his soul departed. Fatima actually lived next door so she could hear Aisha radiallahu and her scream. And then she knew from that that the Prophet sallallahu has passed away and she actually said yeah so oh my dear father how close you are to your lord yeah oh my my dear father to jibreel we will announce your death 
Then she said, Ya Abata, illa jannati firdaus matwa. And she said, Oh, my father, the highest jannah firdaus is now your abode. And then afterwards, we found out what she hid from Aisha anha before. Yeah. So then Aisha anha decided to ask her, So what was it that the Prophet told you on his deathbed? And Fatima told her, I can now tell you. He told me Angel Jibreel used to revise the Quran with him once a year. But this year, he revised it twice with him. So an indication that it's time for him to die within this year. Yeah. Um, and she did say, I interpreted this to mean that the end of my life in this world is near. So this is what the Prophet said in her. Oh, that was the reason that I cried. Yeah. He then told me, you will be the first of the members of my household to join me. And I am an excellent predecessor for you. That was when I smiled. Yeah. And you know what? The commotion when he passed away... Like, you can't imagine it. At this point, everyone is waiting. It shows us what the companions were like. It just shows you, like, the severity of what they were going through. Because, like, Omar, when it was announced that the Prophet has died, he just, he became angry. Yeah. And he said, never. He goes, he's returned to his Lord, like Musa went back to his Lord, and he'll come back down. Like, he's, he's not passed away. And he said, anyone who said he's passed away is a hypocrite. And I feel like you see the different types of grief. Yeah. With the it's like habits. straight denial and just yeah. So like with Umar, pure... it's denial, but then Abu Bakr, it was like acceptance. Yeah, because Abu Bakr wasn't actually in the city at the time. He'd yeah. actually been at his house out a bit further away outside the city, and so he he'd been on his way back and he came. And as soon as he came, he didn't speak to anybody, and he went straight inside the house of Aisha radiallahu anha. Mm-hmm. And when he went to him, at that point, his face was covered with a cloth. And he uncovered his face and he kissed his forehead. And he said, let my mother and father be sacrificed for you by Allah. Allah will never cause you to die twice. As for the death which was written for you, it has come. And he said, you are beautiful in life and you are beautiful in death. And then he came out. And at this point, Omar is still... Very angry. Yeah, he's he's telling everyone, anyone who says the Prophet like is dead, yeah. he's threatening everyone. And he says to him, he says to him, they've all they've all become hypocrites. Why are they saying that the Prophet has died? And he tells him to be quiet. He says to him, sit down, Omar, and he refuses to sit. And so then he leaves him and he proceeds to say two things. He says, Whoever worshipped Muhammad mm-hmm. then he has died. And whoever worships Allah, then know that Allah is ever living and he does not die and then he proceeded to read the ayahs from the end of or the last few pages of surah ali amran and the beginning part of this verse is and muhammad is not but a messenger. Yeah. And there's there have been messages before him. And if he was to pass away or be killed, would you return back to your old ways? And whoever does that, then it won't affect Allah in any way. Mm. And Allah will reward those who are grateful. And then Umar anhu, he, he collapsed. And he said that my, my legs can't support me anymore. And it, he said when we heard it, it was like the first time we'd heard that ayah. But they've heard it many times before. And then all of Medina knew that the Prophet had in fact returned to his Lord. So Fatima was given the glad tidings from Muhammad that she would be the next 
um, to die after the Prophet And she actually found some like reassurance from that message. Yeah. But people nowadays, if they were to hear that they were gonna die, I'm not gonna lie. Like personally, if I was to hear that I was gonna die, I'd probably be like, huh? Like I feel like I wouldn't be fully ready. But she saw it as that she's gonna be reunited with him. Yeah. So it just goes to show the love that she had for her father. And also her, like, her yaqeen in her own religion. Because, yeah. let's be honest, you wouldn't be smiling about dying if you're not in a good place in yeah. terms of your deen. It just so- shows, like, where she was. Mm-hmm. SubhanAllah. But, um, like the Prophet ﷺ did mention, she did end up passing away six months after the Prophet's death. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aisha radiallahu anha, uh, she said that she's never seen anyone more similar to the messenger in speech and dialogue than Fatima. Whenever she entered the house, he would greet her, kiss her hands and ask her to sit near him. Likewise, when he entered the house, she would greet him, kiss his hands and etc. So subhanAllah, Aisha radiallahu anha saw the similarity between Fatima and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Yeah, she's described to be the person who is most like him. Yes, subhanAllah. And then six months after his death, she's then taken away. Bear in mind, she was uh, at the age of 29. So she was still very young. She was she had kids of her own and she was married to Ali, which um, Ali did take it like really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but she she was taken from an illness. So she died from an illness. But I think some people said that it was um, grief, no? I don't know. I well, guess I wouldn't different... be surprised if it was part of it. Or it worsened it. Because you know people can die from they like, a broken heart. They can die from people. Usually, you know when it's like grief, they end up do becoming sick. Because yeah, the grief makes them sick. And what other stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ali and her uncle Abbas performed the funeral prayers over her. And she was buried in... Jannatul Baqi. Yeah, Jannatul Baqi. Um, on the 3rd of Ramadan. Before she did die though, she did tell Ali um, who to marry. That's so, crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, carry on. So she's probably... She's seeing it as she knows somebody who would be able to raise her kids. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Ali is left behind. So she was seeing it for Ali. I guess Ali as well. Which is quite a big thing. I don't know how many people would be just thinking about that on their deathbed. Actually, if anything, you're going to be thinking, mm, can you promise me that you're not going to do X, Y, Z after I die? But no, she, she said like um, she would want him to marry Omema, who's the um, daughter of her sister Zainab. So her niece. But it's her eldest sister. So Yeah, so they were probably like similar age roughly. The thing is when she died, Ali radiallahu anhu obviously didn't take it quite well. Yeah. Um, okay, that was, that was like an underestimate. Well, obviously it was very difficult for him, let's put it this way. Some may say it was similar to when Khadija radiallahu anhu passed for Muhammad Yeah, because it was just the closeness of their relationship. Like whenever we talk about like goal couples like especially islamically like the first people who come to mind are ali and fatima anhuma, and the prophet and, and khadija, khadija. he did say that this nothing has exhausted me more in my life than the death of my two beloved ones so the death of the prophet wasallam, and the death of fatima then after burying her he kind of read a poem to himself but at yeah the he used to write a lot of poetry for her when they were alive but also yeah to commemorate her so he was like grieving at her graveside. She, he wasn't actually speaking to her. Yeah, so that's just the main want to point. confirm. Yeah, it's not that he was speaking to the dead. He was he was just talking to himself, but out. Yeah, he was grieving at her graveyard. Yeah, so he said, what? "What is wrong with me standing at the graveside saying salam to the one who has passed, the grave of my lover? But she is not responding to my greeting." 
He calls out and says, My lover, why are you not responding to my salam? Have you forgotten all the intimate moments that we shared between the two of us? He then starts to respond with like what Fatima would have said. He then said, My beloved one responded and said, How can I respond to you? I have become a prisoner now consumed by stones and dirt. He cried and responded, The dirt has consumed my beauty and that is why I have moved on and I have been veiled from my family and beloved ones. So he says as if she is responding, So my salam back to you and them, those who she left behind. Mm -hmm. Those intimate moments have now passed. That's really sad. Yeah. SubhanAllah. But then it also just goes to show how much love he had for Fatima. I just I think it's a really beautiful part of our deen that the hadith about this sort of stuff has also been preserved for us because imagine we didn't know about like the personal lives of these people. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like when you when you learn about their personal lives it humanizes them and it makes you I was you literally also... going to say it makes them sound more human. Even though we know they're human, but it just makes them sound more human. Yeah, and it's very much relatable like they grieved, well, they grieved, and they loved, and they lost as well. And, yeah, so I think Ali, radiallahu anhu, he lived to see the Karbala, and he lived through the whole um, caliphates of Umar, radiallahu anhu, yeah. Abu Bakr, radiallahu anhu, mm-hmm. and Uthman as well. And then he was shortly Khalifa himself. Yeah, it's kind of like, like you said, similar to the, how the Prophet Sallallahu after so losing Khadija, radiallahu anhu, nothing really compares. Yeah, and he even um, washed her. Before her burial, he he was continuously crying when he was doing that and led her janazah. Yeah, it's sad. I think to not just summarise, but I feel like the lessons we learn from Fatima and her are... I mean, a lot of them are quite sad ones, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, it's really sad. Because she was, she was tested a lot. You know what? Every time we hear about these stories of these people, like... We've just studied Khadija radiallahu anha yeah. and we're coming to the end of Fatima radiallahu yeah. anha and... Kind of like last time we gave the disclaimer that we've really briefly gone through it and you can find we've so just much detail. the surface. There's exactly. So much. And yeah. we hope that people do their own research inspired by this. But basically, the other two women we have left that we haven't even gotten into yet, both of them had really difficult lives, yeah? And it just ties it all back into that whole idea of when Allah loves someone, he tests them. Yeah. And no one was more tested than the prophets, yeah. right? And obviously we know the Sahaba and generally, especially the, the four best women of Jannah. Yeah. For them they to are get that be, place. They're, yeah, they're, they're the most, they they're beloved to Allah. Lot, yeah. And so, yeah, we know they were tested a lot and they, were, they had to endure a lot. For me, the two key things that stood out about her is her defense, like her defense of Islam and mm-hmm. her father. Right? A really young age, yeah. Yeah, from a young age and spanning up. but And then also the love and respect between her and her father. Yeah. I think, for me, that as well. But then also the love um, she had with Ali. Yeah. Because that, like, even, like, what we just read, like, at her, at her graveside, he, like, the way he spoke about her as well mm-hmm. was quite high. And he couldn't just get over it. And then also on her deathbed, she was thinking about her kids and him. Like saying... Yeah, it was it was mutual, like... And they didn't yeah. have a, like, a, a, a big life. Like, they, ha- they had, like, only little 
Yeah, they didn't have a lot. They didn't have a lot. It wasn't like a luxury they were living. Yeah, I think for me that's always a crazy one because like Islam has spread and it's been it's gathering success. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's no longer like the hard times before when Islam was the minority. Yeah. Yeah. And even then these early sahaba still lived the way. They lived such such bare lives like I think it was um I think it was uh, Abu Ubaidah Ibn al-Jarrah, maybe. I think, okay, no, I think it was, I can't remember which one it was, but one of the commanders of the armies that Umar anhu had sent out, and now Umar anhu he, it was during his reign that a lot of the other big cities in the oh, neighbouring okay, Arab yeah. countries got unlocked because he was obviously um, Khalifa for 10 years. Mm-hmm. But um, he went to go and see one of the commanders and literally he had nothing in his house but like a bowl. For wudu. Yeah. And like a, um, a roll or something to sleep on. I feel like they just go to show like simplicity is kind of the way. Like when you have, like we mentioned, when you have so much, like even with the money and stuff, I think we mentioned this last episode, that's a test within itself. And I feel like for them, they their main focus was Allah and Islam. Yeah. So all these fancy stuff wasn't like a, a must for them. Like I remember I read the story that Umar radiallahu anhu, he barely had like clothes like his clothes were ripping when he was khalifa like he's he's now the head of what's growing into an empire yeah and then um his family said to him why don't you ask the Mus- like the head of the muslims or the um like make sure for them to give you like two garments for each year so you can have something for the summer and something for the winter and he was like i feel too shy like how am i supposed to take from the rights of the muslims wow and it's you know what, it was, it's this like extra carefulness to not take from other people's rights, even yeah. if it means forsaking your own. Yeah. Nowadays, rulers don't care. Rulers don't care, we don't care either. We're yeah. all living like rulers, to be honest, in comparison. It's, it's bad. Another thing I did learn, though, is her nickname. The second nickname. Well, both the nicknames I've learned. But oh, um, Abiha. Yeah. The, that one's really cute. The mother of her father. Because that's just it. And we see it. As soon as Khadija died, and obviously that was like a test for all of them, it's like she kind of did take on that role. Yeah. SubhanAllah. But um, with that being said, the next episode, inshallah, we will be focusing on Maryam bint Imran. Yeah. Um, who was the mother of Isa, alayhi salam. Yeah. Um, and she was also promised Jannah. Yeah. And I can't lie, I'm really excited for that. Yeah, you mentioned. Yeah, I am. Um, I was excited about these ones, but I'm excited about the next two because a lot of their story is told in the Quran yeah. explicitly. I mean, this is different because the the women we've just studied, their stories are told to us through hadith, yeah. through hadith, but also a bit through Quran because obviously revelation and yeah, yeah. timeline links in. But, um, but I think most of our research wasn't it was done through like hadiths as well. Yeah, I definitely. feel like with Maryam, it's going to be Surah Maryam, Surah Al Yaman. So yeah, stay tuned, guys. Assalamu alaikum.